1: Heather! Hi everybody, uh, it's That Early Childhood Nerd. Sorry, this is the second recording I've done today, and it's the second time I've forgotten the name of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. I'm Heather Burnt-Santi, and uh, very excited that Emma Tempest is here today. We haven't recorded together in a while.
0: I was just thinking
1: that before we started, actually. Yeah, it's good to be back. Been a long time. Um, And Emma and I are going to talk about flow,
0: Um,
1: um, sort of. We hope that we're going to talk about flow. (laughs) I'm sure Emma has all kinds of things to say. I'm feeling doubtful about myself. So uh, maybe it's because I'm using so much energy trying to remember how to pronounce this author's name. So let's yes. just get that out of the way and you maybe that this. frees up my brain space. So um the quote that we're going to use is from a book called Flow by uh um, Mihai Csikszentmihai. Mihai. Nice. I think is Hungarian. Thank oh, you. I, I really a hundred percent have been practicing. <laughs> <laughs> because I I, you know, I I I know that it's a really hard name. Um I come from Polish people, so hard names are not. Uh, that's scary to me, but when I'm going to broadcast it, yeah, and I want to make sure I get his name right. So anyway, I really have been just practicing. It. Yeah. <laughs> so here's here's where we're going to start with this quote um, from the book Flow, mm-hmm. or by Mihai Chiksent Mihai. I'm just going to keep saying it, just showing off now. Or Mr. Flow, as we've also called yes, him, Mr. Flow. <laughs> text messages back and forth. Okay, so here's the quote. Um, so they're talking about characteristics that promote optimal experience in this part of the book Um, and the second one that they discuss is centering uh, the children's perception that their parents are interested in what they are doing in the present in their concrete feelings and experiences rather than being preoccupied with whether they will be getting into a good college or obtaining a well-paying job so I'm going to stick a pin in that for a minute while we just go back and kind of talk about what the idea of flow is and optimal optimal experience and and why we want to talk about this. And then we can come back to this idea of how we can sort of put it in practice with children.
0: Mm-hmm. And by we, I mean you. Go, Emma. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the concept of flow uh, came up to me when I was looking into positive psychology and kind of similar to what we were just discussing before you hit record. It's more than just feeling all (laughs) wooey and comfortable and in the moment. And, you know, I think we can all, if you ask people like when was the last time you experienced flow? Mm -hmm. I don't think it would be that hard for people to understand it. They might want to know that definition. yeah. Um, But I do think people will easily recall a moment when they felt like that. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's what play is all about. You feel in the moment, It's like, you know, time stood still and you're just there and it's enjoyable as well. I think that's something we have to highlight the fact that in that quote, they're talking about how that genuine interest from parents is not only joyful for the child, but it brings joy to the parent as well Mm -hmm. because they're not stressing about everything else that's going on
1: right they're not thinking and I think this applies to early childhood educators too you're not you're not you don't have to be thinking always of what should I interject here how can I Mm. teach in this moment Mm
0: -hmm. what does he
1: need to know what do I need yes. to get off my checklist? It's just sort of being in flow in that moment. So the child yes. is playing in a state of flow and then we're observing in sort of a state of flow. Yes. And I, I got into it. I, I'm sure I first heard of it from Lisa Murphy um, <laughs> uh, because that's where I hear most of my first things. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, in terms of another, another way to talk about what, what's happening when children are engaged in true real play Mm. Um, you know, we've got the Peter Gray's characteristics of play, but this also, anytime I have like a scientific theory or philosophy or some published word that, um, that can be used to, to advocate for the value of play, um, and the respect it should be given, I'm a fan. So that's where my flow interest started. Um, and then I bought the book and there's like a whole section on work as flow, mm-hmm. and that was also sort of speaking to me because, um, I mean, I get teased for being a workaholic, but most of that stuff they're seeing as me not being able to say no or having too much on my plate is really flow for me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just in that moment of of learning new things and trying new ideas and um, talking to people, and um, and for me that's a very peaceful state where for someone else that might really look like
0: yeah that's that's a really important point when you think about children in flow because one child's flow to you might look different Mm. to another teacher's point of view um Mm -hmm. and especially when I think of things like schemas um when children are really focused on something and they're in flow and teachers don't get it Mm -hmm. I quite often wonder if it's because they're not allowing themselves to have that moment and be in flow themselves and kind of really not just be an observer stepping back and watching but exploring actually what's really happening for that child right there and then.
1: Yeah. Yeah I did um I did an interview with um Anne Palo on the show a few months ago and it was about her book From thinking to teaching Uh, which she co-wrote with Margie Carter. But one of the things that we, the, the main topic we had pulled out of the book for that day was, um, observing with children instead of just observing children and really noticing what, what we think they're feeling or thinking or doing or how they're processing without making any, you know, without a checklist, we're not looking for delays and things we need to teach them more about. We're looking for who they are and, um, and so I think that ties in with the idea of flow too. And that's when a teacher could be in flow. Um, before we started recording, what did, what were you saying about um, flow being this wonderful uh, thing and it doesn't always have to look that way? Do you remember what you were talking about? Because I think that fits Do here.
0: I? <laughs> uh, well, I, I good talked pun. a little bit about how what some people might think it looks like. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um,
1: this is what I was saying. And talking
0: how about. okay, good. Um and how I guess similar to the oo message, mm-hmm. it's that thing of it's not frivolous. Yeah. Um, you know, it has focus and it has concentration and it has wonder and it has awe. It's not just oh they're busy in their own world. Like uh-huh. that's something I hear a lot from teachers. Like the the children are you know off with the fairies kind of thing oh I love off with the fairies yeah and I'm like how often as adults do we choose to experience that Mm -hmm. kind of feeling where you know we're not worried about everything else that's going on and we do just be in that present moment and I know when I was a classroom teacher one of my favorite things was that letting go of all the expectations and the judgments and being with the children and even Mm -hmm. like playing with them. Like, I think sometimes we get a bit disconnected from what should the teacher be doing and we should let children play. And that means that we should never talk to them and never interrupt them and never teach them. Uh And it's it's more of a spectrum for me. And that kind of, that balance between that child is in flow and I don't want to interrupt that but then using that as a kind of a signal for me to get into flow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So
1: I think, I mean, you hit on it that when you, when you mentioned the perception that it might be a frivolous thing. And I think maybe part of the reason we have a hard time as adults, um, allowing that flow with young children well, there's two things you've hit on one of them where they, they don't experience, they don't give themselves permission to do that. Then they feel like they always have to be moving or busy or proving. Um, but also we don't understand, like, it doesn't make sense to us. Sometimes the things kids are doing um, when they're in their, their, whether it's alone or even in groups, cause we can have that group flow too. Um, we don't understand what's going on or it seems frivolous. It seems like the old quote unquote, just play. Mm. And so, so we, um, we need to retrain ourselves maybe a little bit sometimes and um, maybe experience, just, just think of something we could do that would feel like play freely chosen. Stop when you want um, sort of consuming for you. Um, Because the other, the other idea of flow is like, we don't notice the passage of time because we're so um, in the moment with whatever it is we're doing. And that's a hard space for capitalist grown-ups to put mm-hmm.
0: themselves into. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I I remember repeatedly having days where I'd open the door at the end of the day when I worked in a school and all the parents were sit there waiting at 3.15 mm-hmm. and um, it would be 320 because we'd we'd spent so long doing something. And we totally lost track of time. So then we didn't tidy up on time and we didn't have our story and we didn't say bye properly. And it was like, ah, uh, but again, that's more to do with, I guess and what I'm trying to say is it's more like, we don't want to say to everyone, okay, you have to get in a state of flow for three hours. Like maybe <laughs> just try five minutes, right? you know? Yeah. like, and I, and I mean that like literally, you know, say to your colleagues, right, I'm going to be in my flow state for five minutes. If anything, you know, if there's a fire over here, can you handle it? Mm -hmm. And just really get in touch with how you're feeling in that moment. And I like the fact that you mentioned group flow as well. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you could just watch one child or you could watch a few or you could watch the whole, as a whole, everybody and see what's going on and just just take Mm -hmm. that time to kind of not think about anything else, Mm -hmm. just be in that moment, which is really hard to do because, you know, the brain has like 60 to 90,000 thoughts a day. And I'm pretty sure early childhood people probably have twice as many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, never mind neurosurgeons and all mm-hmm. that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I just, I feel like with flow, there's something that is just special about it. Like, without mm-hmm. sounding too twee, like, mm-hmm. I'm not a twee person. Um, it's all about the fact that. What they're doing is they're doing it for themselves. There's no end consequence or result or product. It's just, it's self-contained in the sense that that's what they want to do. And I'm thinking about children, at least anyway. Uh That's what they want to do in that moment. And there's a reason for it. Uh And being witness to that is one of the greatest things ever about being an early childhood person. And I miss it so much. Like (laughs) because of COVID, (laughs) I I haven't been nannying. So I've not had contact with any children in like yeah. seven, eight months. And yeah. It's horrible. Right. <laughs> I'm like Yeah. So like, I was
1: back with children this semester, but it was yeah. two children and four adults and um, for like an hour 15 with those two children. And then the next group would come in and there was really nothing for me to do. And the <laughs> children were not engaging in much because the grownups were all there, you know? Um, and it's a, you know, it's a different setting. It's a therapeutic setting, but Um, but yeah I definitely missed that and I I was looking through um, just some photos oh I was working on my website and I was looking through photos to find to use for these for some webinars and um, it made me miss that so much just being able to be part of a space where I could I could see children kind of moving in and out of that state with their Mm. with their play Um, or they're not playing like sometimes just sitting and not playing yeah I think is something I've seen children do um and so it's it's um it's something that really can be I'm gonna say magical but I'm not again I'm not trying to demean it or make it seem like this woo hippie kind of thing yeah <laughs> um uh that's you know so easy to to dismiss but it does there are moments where it just feels like it's an honor to be in this moment mm-hmm. um I feel sort of honored to have seen it In you know with someone else that I was in a space with them that they could they had the safety to do that and I Mm -hmm. um, didn't feel like I needed to step in and do anything and um, so it it can be really powerful and I think that's why I bought the book wanting to understand it to be able to talk about it articulate it better and it hasn't really it's just made me think (laughs) of more examples of when it's been magical
0: (laughs) I think like if you think about the context of that particular quote on that page yeah you know he talks about how an optimal childhood experience has I think five yeah there. Uh-huh. Things. Yeah. yeah um I think I wrote them down hang on yeah I got the book clarity right, choice commitment challenge and then centering which is the one we're talking about now uh-huh. so it's not like he's saying you should always be in flow and always strive to be in flow and never do anything else There's right the things that apply But I just feel like I don't want it to be that one thing that people kind of leave out when they're considering optimal childhood experiences. And I know this is in the context of family, but it applies to early childhood in that, you know, we're with them sometimes more than their family are with them. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I just, (laughs) just, yeah, I just, I like the idea that, um, you know, he he calls it a, a training for enjoying life. Yeah which to me is what positive psychology is all about. It's about doing things that work that have been proven by research. So why would you not want that in an early childhood classroom? Mm -hmm. If you know that children getting into a state of flow will help them learn and develop according to all the standards and stuff that are kind of in the back of your mind. Out there, yeah. It's a great way to kind of get observations of them achieving all those things. But mm-hmm. it's also just nice to watch like and not have that expectation and mm-hmm. just just see where their mind is going.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was um, thinking a lot when I was looking at those, <coughs> excuse me, photos. Um, last spring, Our we had some five year old boys in the group and they'd been together for a couple of years. So they had really a pretty strong, tight bond and one of their favorite things to do, so we'd go outside and then we'd come in and we'd have like an hour and a half of um, play, mm-hmm. and um, that's when their individual therapies and stuff would happen. But but mostly the group was just playing, and these four four or five boys um, every day would want to put on a show, and there was never a show. It was all about <laughs> it was all about arranging chairs and. Cutting out tickets and making signs and selling tickets and showing people where to sit and um, talking through what the show might be with each other. Um, I know there were flashlights involved. (laughs) Uh, I can't remember. But anyway, there was never a show. And this went on day after day after day after day. And um, there were some of the adults in the group who felt like our next step should be, well, let's actually help them put on a show Mm -hmm. because we had seen it happening so many, so many days in a row. And I had been able to sort of just sit back and watch the flow of the group and their ideas. I knew that that wasn't what they really wanted to do. It was all about this other stuff. So I didn't feel like I needed to add anything to that. I had materials and if they ran out of stuff, we'd get it for them. But, um, that was such a powerful, example to me of um that just seemed like they were in optimal experience in that you know Mm. take about a half hour every day that they would spend in this putting on a show yeah they you know um,
0: research that shows adults planning to go on vacation the planning of the vacation can be more enjoyable than the vacation yeah yeah that kind that totally makes sense to me (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: yeah um so it's a good example of process versus versus product but I felt Mm -hmm. like it was also sort of a tangible uh, story that could make the idea of flow more accessible yeah definitely if if you you haven't been
0: in flow watching them you would have just jumped straight to the next thing let's you know get out the box that has all the dress up clothes in because right. we're gonna do a show or um you know it's all it's all I just think as an educator that's it's really hard to do if you don't know why uh-huh. like if, if we just went in and told someone oh don't do it just watch it's not enough <laughs> it's like they need to know the why behind it and I yeah. think examples like using flow it gives you that um empowerment mm-hmm to say, oh, actually, I'm watching this because when children are in flow, they blah, 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 blah. It's the same with play. Like when people can't justify yeah. play and they panic and they think they can't do it. It's the yeah. same thing. It's just knowing knowing your why and understanding the, the science behind it.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, talk a little bit more, if you will, about... and as positive psychology or as part of what you've because you've been doing a lot of learning and and working on around that area in the last several months so
0: yes so um so I'm training to be a positive psychology coach and as I said earlier positive psychology the way they like frame it is that it's the study of what works Uh um so psychology historically has been there's a problem and What's who was going to help you. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. So like, let's look into your past. Let's look into your childhood. Let's figure out everything that went wrong. <laughs> and then you make a plan. So positive psychology came about because people were starting to realize that you don't have to wait for something to go wrong <laughs> to plan good stuff for the future. <laughs> but also the fact that in the research, they realized that when people implement these certain strategies like flow gratitude, um, all these things that create positive emotions, it drives you forward. Mm -hmm. So the pandemic is a great example of, you know, some people are like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened in the world. It's really bad. It's awful. And that's their judgment. And that's it. But for some people, like I know people whose businesses have thrived, they've doubled their money. I know people who have contacted Lost friends and family that they haven't talked to in years, Mm. and they've used Zoom because it's like normal now to use Zoom. Yeah, (laughs) and and even though, like, personally, even though I've had quite an up and down pandemic, moving to America, I kind of already had all those different ways to connect with people because I couldn't see them in person. Oh, sure, yeah, but I didn't realize that what I was doing was being intentional and using the positivity stance. And again, not that everything's all rainbows and unicorns right. and woo. Right, but right. You're actually using tools that that will help.
1: Yeah.
0: Because why would you not want to do that? And it's not because it's not a woo-woo science, because it is actually, <laughs> you know, based in research, I just find it really fascinating. And when I was using it on myself, it got me out of a lot of ruts and dips and mm-hmm. you know, feeling fed up with things because we spend so long stressing out about things and so long worrying about either the past or what might happen in the future. Mm -hmm. We don't spend all that brain energy on actually working out what we can do. Um, And things like, I was talking earlier to someone about um, Christmas and they were upset that they can't see their family at Christmas. And there's a certain point where you kind of have to stop being upset. (laughs) <laughs> and, and kind of re, re-level yeah. yourself and that's not dismissing anybody's feelings it's more about accepting what is yeah. because when you accept things as the way they are you then have the mental capacity to plan for the future and figure things out and and use all those kind of hopes and dreams things mm-hmm. but in a real productive way mm-hmm. And flow is such a good one for that, because you are, I mean, what uh, in the book, um, I think, was it autotelic? Yeah. 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 Which is like self and goals, the self goals. That's exactly what life should be about. It's not about, you know, running a marathon and being, you know, the fittest person in the world. If right. I'm not going to be able to do that, but that's not my goal. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That may make somebody very satisfied. Exactly. It's not for me. Exactly. <laughs> well, I think that's one of the reasons that I think, um, you know, I started, like I said, being interested in flow because of uh, play advocacy and, and wanting yeah. to respect play more. Um, but what I, what I have been learning is that, um, as I've said, it's just as important for adults to be able to be in those moments. But now that there's a word that I have, mm. it's easier for me. To go back and think about the last week and think about the moments where I was having that sort of optimal experience, that positive, creative state, and then I'm either able to be hopeful about them happening again in the future, mm-hmm. or um, sort of try to plan sometimes when it might be, you know, opportune time for me to to try that again. Um, and so that. when you, when I am sort of frustrated and like, God, I don't want to do this anymore. Um <laughs> It's like, it's like tangible. It's like, I can, mm-hmm. I can understand it, feel it. And I know it can happen again. Yeah. So, um so, so that's kind of where my adult brain is going with mm-hmm. flow now.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, well, that, that tool of you remembering those that past week.
1: Sure. It's that. usually a, a bath with wine is usually <laughs> when i
0: having the flow but <laughs> so, well that's that's called savoring you know mm-hmm. you're savoring those moments mm-hmm. just like we um you know make scrapbooks of photos of when we've gone on trips or um wedding albums it's savoring that moment so that you can recall it easier uh-huh. when you're having a more difficult yeah, time. yeah. because sure. when you're in when you're in the thick of it and you're like i don't want to do this or i hate everybody in the world Having someone come over and say, "Hi, you need to experience some flow." It's just not going to be helpful. Could I interest and... you
1: in some flow?
0: Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what made me want to train to be a coach because uh-huh. I kept thinking, "Well, it's like po- po- uh, toxic positivity." Yeah, yeah. You know, if someone says, "Oh, everything will be all right," it's all, it'll be fine. Yeah, it's like, well, maybe believe in yourself, girl. Yeah. <laughs> it's stupid because it's like it won't what if it isn't fine yeah but again it's that like when I said earlier about there's got to be a time when you stop being upset it's not it's not as black and white as that sometimes it helps to go there you know it helps to see right well if in this pandemic I have to quit my job am I gonna end up homeless like Mm -hmm. if that's your fear spend some time safely while you're still in your job uh-huh. working out what would I do yeah would I you know go and stay at a friend's house is, is there a family member who's so I can sleep on and when you actually spend that time getting comfortable with that uncomfortable feeling it doesn't hurt you as much mm-hmm. because then the next time it happens organically your body is like ready for it it's like a resilience building practice. yeah I, I really really enjoy it I really do mm-hmm. not just like coaching other people but I self-coach myself self-coach myself self-coach yes, yourself so uh-huh. much uh-huh. now it's like <clears throat> when there's a problem I have all these tools that I can use and if this one doesn't work I know I've got another there's one there's another one yeah. yeah
1: yeah um I was looking sorry I'm looking at a page because I thought there was something else I wanted to get to I would apologize but I think people who listen to this podcast are probably used <laughs> to me pausing and trying to look for something. <laughs> Um, but it's gone. Never mind. Sorry. Carry the conversation, Emma. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm, I think if we were talking to like early childhood people about flow, yeah, I really think there's a place for it to be not just about what the children are doing; it's about yeah. you, yeah, and you being that observer, note taker, watcher, mm-hmm. but also just kind of being able to watch your own brain and think about how like if you think oh I'm going to ask this question it's kind of a bit meta but like think about why you're thinking about asking that question yeah.
1: <laughs> so now it's meta flow <laughs> yeah meta flow. <laughs> um, so I can hear some people thinking saying yelling at their uh, whatever they're listening to the podcast on um, that, you know, it's all well and good to talk about sitting and letting ourselves be in flow and watch children be in flow. But they're always nervous about the parent who might walk in or the director who looks through the observation window or um, the other teachers feeling like they're not doing anything. So there is a, I guess there is a place in this too, for some maybe relational awareness and gr- and growth and maybe just a little courage to say, this is something I'm learning and thinking about. So if you see me just kind of hanging back and watching or, or whatever, and like you talked about saying something to your, your co-teacher, if you have one, you know, I'm going to be over here doing this for a minute. Um,
0: it's just baby steps. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be,
1: um, you know, instant Zen or whatever you want to call it. It's there are, if you think about, And so I just recorded with, with Dan and Lisa about a totally different topic. But one of the things we said was, if you're thinking about making this baby step, making this change first, write down for yourself, why it's important Mm -hmm. and what you believe about it. And then it is easier when you've already given it that thought. If you're challenged in the moment um, and you become defensive, you know, and all the, yeah, your amygdala is getting hijacked and all that yep. stuff. You've got some practice already. You've got some, like a script basically that your brain can rely on. Yeah. Until definitely. you're, until you know, you get that balance back um and you're out and of fight or of flight. The,
0: half of the <laughs> fight sometimes is saying it before you even try it. Yeah. So if you go in and try it and then it, set somebody else off and they're stressing out because it looks like you're not doing anything yeah it's approaching it from the other way around and Mm -hmm. prepping your prepping your environment for flow like he Mm -hmm. talks about in the book about it isn't just something that magically happens you can actually create it you can intentionally set Mm -hmm. out to do that yeah Um, so yeah just having having your environment prepped includes telling other people. Right.
1: Right. (laughs) And even, even if you've got like the worst co-teacher or whatever that situation might be, you tell them, I'm going to start practicing this idea of flow and watching for flow and being in flow and tell them what it is. They're going to be like, Oh, all right. That means I get to sit off by myself for 10 minutes (laughs) when I want to. (laughs) There's my, my very professional (laughs) advice. (laughs)
0: think about like teamwork yeah like if you're gonna say okay I'm I'm wanting to practice my observation skills and I've heard about this thing called flow and mm-hmm. blah, blah 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 you need to tell them what you want them Absolutely. to do as well yeah you know and be explicit with that we are grown-ups You know, you can say, I would like you to blah, 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 (laughs) blah. They can still say no. Right. So then don't do it at that time, you know, go to your director and say, hey, could you come in my classroom at this time to cover me? Sure. You're not
1: going to do it when there's 10 toddlers at the table waiting for lunch. (laughs)
0: Exactly. But that's that's kind of where I've got to with the whole coaching side Uh is that it's about finding those solutions and finding ways to make things happen. And Mm -hmm. the whole reason that people higher coaches is because they can't see that tangled mess of their thoughts in their brain uh-huh. they can't untangle them and the coach helps you to untangle that and work out what your next steps are uh-huh. with accountability so that you do all those things you don't just you know listen to this podcast and think oh yeah I'll do it one day <laughs>
1: Yeah. So no you're a, a podcast coach now too and you can just follow along with all the intentions people make after they listen.
0: Yeah, we need people to like write in and tell us how you get on. Yeah, definitely.
1: I always say that, but I don't know that people are <laughs> uh, like on Facebook when they're listening to the podcast, so I don't yeah. I don't get many comments, but I always <laughs> I'm always interested in hearing what people say about this and especially on this topic that I'm still learning about i'm still sort of figuring out myself i would really like to hear other people's thoughts or experiences with it um and honestly you know maybe the podcast is a good example um, because when i am recording that is a flow for me Mm. usually like um uh but I hardly like I was just telling you before we started recording I hardly I never want to do it until it's time to start a recording session
0: I was this close to mentioning it and I was like no I probably shouldn't
1: yeah no and then it's super fun and I so that's another example that I can remember Mm -hmm. Um, you know it's one thing to say okay but you always like it when you get on and record but taking it deeper it is sort of a a creative state that I want to be in
0: yeah and if I I can like coach you a little bit yeah coach way live coaching yeah how do you like feel right now like what feeling do you have and not just the name of a feeling but how do you feel in your body right now in my body right now oh pretty relaxed yeah pretty comfy yeah comfy relaxed Uh Mm -hmm. so when you're using those feelings and you're thinking this is the podcast and it's happening right now you can recreate that feeling before you hit record by remembering oh. in your body what that feels like sure you know and thinking thoughts like you will like it because you feel <laughs> relaxed when you do it yeah is much more productive than oh my god I have to do this exactly yeah
1: yeah and I, I don't know what it is I always I always <laughs> I mean I yeah I really do want to do it or I wouldn't be doing it it's a lot of work but um just that that half hour before I get on to record <laughs> I'm always like well maybe they'll cancel that'll be great <laughs>
0: that sneaky negativity bias i know it's a bitch
1: Mm, i'm good at it i'm really good at it (laughs) um but i'm um not not nearly as bad it's not nearly as rampant as it was say in my 30s that's good uh, for myself yeah 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 um so so i want to hear people's ideas about flow i want to uh just throw that out there one more time to please stick something in the comments or uh you know, wherever you want to put it and uh, that you think we might see it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, now I'm just being stupid, but <laughs> Emma, do you
0: have any last thoughts? Um, No, I, I just into think,
1: that Zoom thing where you're just looking at yourself.
0: And just <laughs> no, I just, I just think like with anything, it's an experience to try, mm-hmm. like to intentionally try and feel flow. But even if that seems too hard right now with pandemic stress and all the crap that's going on just try it in your own personal life you know next time you make a cup of tea you know just stop and be mindful and get into that flow because making a cup of tea is so automatic Mm -hmm. although I guess coffee would be more appropriate but Mm -hmm. it's like you you sometimes forget that you had to learn that one day and when children are playing they're learning everything for the first time like that's insane that your brain doesn't know how to build blocks until Mm -hmm. it builds blocks yeah so no wonder they get into flow so easily because it's also new and interesting also exciting and joyful and you know there might be not there might not be much joy in making a cup of tea but I think you can find joy in thinking about you know the last time you had a hot drink or a cold snowy day when you had a hot drink or meeting with a friend who you haven't seen in months and having a hot drink with them you know there's there's feelings you can generate with your thoughts that don't require the things to be there in the actual environment Mm -hmm.
1: and and it doesn't have to be and maybe you said this already it doesn't have to be you know a half hour maybe it's one or two minutes that you get into that state with yourself and it's it's similar to being mindful I think it's a I think there's some distinctions between um that's another podcast uh, that's a whole other podcast yeah as I was saying the words I was like wait we don't want to start this now because that's no. a whole other podcast because honestly mindfulness has become a buzzword yeah um that that just slips by and we all kind of think we know what it means but um flow takes it I think more a little deeper yeah I hear new a whole other podcast mm-hmm. um all right well thank you Emma <laughs> Thank to you. all the listeners who so kindly uh, tuned me out to wait for Emma to talk
0: in this episode <laughs>
1: funny um but yeah it's always fun to talk to you emma but um, i'm enjoying hearing about your new your coaching and all the new things you're doing um and thank you everybody for listening to another episode hope i hope you'll come back for another one next week i guess we'll see all right i'm just gonna push stop bye everybody (laughs) and that's the show now go get your nerd on